Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100. For a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Thursday edition of the, of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show. I am your host, Josh Harris. Quite a ride this morning trying to get the uh, lineup builder going, but we got it going. Thanks to the tireless effort effort of our boss, Jake Harry, and Eddie. You guys don't know Eddie. Maybe you do. If you've seen him in GPP's 1-800-Eddie, he is usually at the top of the leaderboard when he does play. Um, but he does a lot of work for us behind the scenes. So thank you for getting that up for us for the show. We are sponsored by BetMGM, and we have a great deal for you later. But for now, I want to talk to Cliffy because that's what I'm here for. How are you doing today, Cliffy? Hey, buddy. Uh, not doing too bad. Uh, Ryan, high after the old Canada junior win over wow. Team USA yesterday. It's actually a pretty good game. Um, it's the first time I can remember in quite a while where you can say Canada's goaltending kind of safe in that game. Um, Canada's goaltending for the last decade or so hasn't been very good, but um, pretty big slate here tonight. We have, I mean, Toronto's on the slate, so you have Matthews, you have McDavid, you have Dreisaitl, you have McKinnon, you have Pasternak, you have Ovechkin, um, you have Jack Eichel returning, you have Max Pacioretty returning. It's quite the slate we have here. Um, lots of interesting matchups, and we have your boys coming to Montreal to visit the Canadians. Um, pretty excited for this 10-gamer. You say goaltending, I say officiating, but we'll, we'll digress. Um, it's all right. I wish I just wish that you know the NHL players can get a uh, international competition going in the next few years because this is probably the best USA will have team that they'll have in a long time, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. But that's okay. We have a ten gamer that we need to get through, so let's get through it. But before we do, you know the drill: uh, hit that like and subscribe so you can keep up with our DFS shows. Offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. Super important to hit those likes. We like likes. (laughs) But on the real, the more likes we get, 
the more we can bring you free content. And we know that you love it and we love giving it to you. So win-win. And also don't forget to sign up for the Stochastic Call of Fame by changing your avatar on DraftKings and FanDuel. Very easy. Just go to stochastic.com backslash avatar, download it. Then the hard part, but it's possible with all these tools that we have. Placed in the top three of a contest with over 5,000 uh, contestants. You tweet the win to Stochastic HOF on Twitter, or if you don't have the tweet machine, you can email us with your screenshot. That'll get you a free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum. You also get a uh, shout-out on our weekly Hall of Fame segment, so if you're into getting the your ego stroked like I do, look out for that. But let's get into this 10-gamer. Big totals, fun games, lots of power play spots. Let's get into it. We have the Seattle Kraken with a 2.7 total. Heading into Toronto, the Maple Leafs have a 3.8 total. Martin Jones, Matt Murray confirmed. Probably the worst <laughs> goaltending matchup on the slate. But here we are. Uh, looks like the Leafs are running back the same lines here. Uh, Seattle going with Eberle, Burakovsky, Beniers. That's right. Yeah. Wenberg, Shorts, McCann. And then, you know, looks like Gord, Bjorkstrand, Tolvanen, which has been a nice filler for my lineups. I worry about, you know, Tolvanen not getting too much time five on five, but there is stuff to like on both sides here. Like, listen, Marty Jones, Seattle goaltending. It's a story. They've been bad all year. Matt Murray, on the other hand, um, he was very good to start the season. He's been absolutely awful lately. So I listen, there is no ownership right now on Seattle. There is heavy ownership on the Leafs. For good reason, you know, they're 3.8 total at home going against Martin Jones, but Seattle road total 2.7, nothing to sneeze at here. Won't take much to get over the field. I think you have to consider both sides here. Yeah, and it's the Seattle side I'm going to start with, actually. Um, Pretty good point about Murray, and it's really just the goaltending in general. It's why, like, when everybody was really excited about how well the goaltenders were playing in October, November, like I was kind of beside myself because it's like no one had remembered Freddie Anderson being really great for like the first 12 games of every leaf season for the last eight years. And then just imploding over the next four months. <laughs> so, um, you know, we were talking in our discord, I think over the Toronto's last 10 games, they're near the bottom five of the league um, in save percentage. Now 10 games is not, you don't hang your hat on that or anything, but I think, um, when you look at the entire season as, you know, in total, it gives you a better picture than, you know, how well those Leafs goaltenders were playing over that five or six week stretch there, um, October, November into early December. Um, so it is the Seattle side I'm kind of interested in. It is that Beneers, Burakovsky, Eberly line that I do have some interest in. You're right. There's no ownership. Top stacks tool has them as 0.1%. Like nobody's going to be playing them here tonight. Um, the Toronto top line. Since the start of December, basically league average by expected goals against per 60 minutes of five on five, you know, certainly not bad. And there are, you know, they do dominate shifts because they're so good offensively, but it's not like they're impervious defensively either. Like this isn't, um, you know, going into face Boston one or something like that. Right. So, um, you know, that, that veneers line doesn't have a huge sample but the one thing that is nice is that they've all been skating on the same power play unit together with justin schultz 
Um, and since Thanksgiving, um, that Toronto penalty kill really hasn't been certainly not bad by any stretch, but not elite, you know, 14th by shots against uh, per 60 minutes, 20th by goals against per 60 minutes. They don't take a lot of penalties. Seattle doesn't draw a lot of power plays, but when you have perfect correlation, a fine five on five matchup, a reasonable power play matchup and almost no ownership. Like, I don't think you have to get there in single entry, but certainly if I was playing 50 or 100 lineups tonight, regardless of the contest, I'd be considering some of that veneers line on the Seattle side. Not as much in interest in the depth, mainly because the Toronto second line has been outstanding defensively with Cali Yarncroft there. 1.2 uh, um, expected goals against per 60 minutes. Um, over their last 95 minutes, you know, with Yarn Croc skating with Tavares and Marner. So that kind of takes me out of Seattle too. Seattle three really doesn't get a ton of minutes. Like, I don't know if I'd full stack them. You know, one off Tolvanen is fine. One off Bjorkstrand or something. Like, those are fine. But if I'm full stacking anything, it's Seattle one. I, I mean, on the Toronto side, you want to talk about bad goaltending. It's not just a bad stretch here for Seattle. It's been a bad season and a half of goaltending for Seattle. Um, this team is getting lit up. I mean, not the team. The goaltenders are getting lit up pretty regularly uh, for the crack. And even, you know, the last couple of games, only three goals against um, against the Oilers um, in the Islanders. Before that, seven, three, five. Like, I think they're bottom three by save percentage since Thanksgiving. And it's pretty close to that over the entire season. So, really, I, I would go with Toronto one here because uh, that Toronto second line, for as good as they have been defensively, so is that Seattle second line um, with Wenberg um, and Burakovsky playing together. Or not Wenberg and Burakovsky, sorry. Wenberg and Schwartz playing together have been really good defensively. I could see that kind of being a grinding matchup between Toronto 2 and Seattle 2. So it's both top lines that I like in this game. Obviously, Toronto's coming in with very heavy ownership. Our early top stacks run has them as the second highest own line of the night. But I think they're still perfectly playable, especially where bunting. Is still on the top power play unit and Seattle's penalty kill is still struggling. Yes, I agree with that. And this is normally where we go to the defensemen, but something we talked about over the past few weeks is saving the defensemen for the end during the goalie and hat trick segment, just because we sometimes talk a little bit too much on the defenseman when you can just really sort by value. And, you know, you have the power play guys. It's kind of obvious, but we were, we will touch them. We will touch on them at the end. If you don't like how that flows, we are very open to feedback. But, you know, we want to give you the more meat and potatoes, like the line talks and all that kind of stuff. So this will give us a few extra minutes, especially on days where we are crunched for time. So we will get to the defenseman at the end. So don't worry about that. Um, we just want to get – more information to you about the line stacks that we like, and it gives us a few extra minutes per game to break it down. So let's move on to the Rangers with a massive 3.7 road total heading into Montreal. The Canadians have a 2.7 total. Yaroslav Halak, surprising confirmation there. Jake Allen also confirmed. Wonder if uh, Igor is under the weather because the Rangers don't play again until Saturday and they don't play again until Tuesday. It's not like they're on a back to back. Rangers going with uh, Zibanejad, uh, Kreider, and Kako. Panera and Trocek, Kravtsov. Um, and then that's really 
all the pertinent information really um, looks like the Canadians are rolling back the top line of Doc Suzuki Caulfield. After that, I'm not sure. Like maybe there's some one-offs down there like Josh Henderson or something, but this is a Rangers game. This is a very good power play spot. Rangers have a very good power play. I think, you know, you can just full stack the Zibanejad line. I think like one of the big things with that line earlier in the year, they had great expected goals numbers, but they weren't finishing. Now that the line's back together again, they're starting to finish here. So I think you can full stack that line. But if you want to leave Kako off and put in, you know, a Trocek or a Panarin, I think that's fine. But I'm not against full stacking that line at all. Yeah, um, I'll just start on the Montreal side, I guess, because you're right. There's not a whole lot to talk about here. Mike Hoffman looks like he's going to be healthy scratch. Brendan Gallagher is injured. So, like, there's just not a lot. Like, you're right. If you want to one-off Josh Anderson, you know, I think that's always in play. Certainly Christian Dvorak with the ice time, he usually gets that. Like, that's fine. But I think it's, you know, it's it's Montreal one or bust here, right? Um, you know, they have been playing pretty well. We mentioned on the last show since December 1st. 2.9 expected goals for 2.7 against being above average over a five week span on this team <laughs> kind of speaks to how well um, they really have been playing. Um, they, there definitely are issues with some of their, you know, let's say shot generation, like Nick Suzuki only has 14 shots in his last 10 games. Um, that's, you know, that's like Alex Wenberg territory. Like I hate to say it, but it just is. Um, you definitely need, more from him. Um, they're going to be going into that Rangers top line, which, you know, after I, I was looking at their numbers app, because they, you know, the Rangers got off to a pretty hot start, or at least the power play did there back in October. So I was looking since November 1st, the top line for the Rangers, um, this advantage ad line, 2.9 expected goals against in their sample with Kako there. Like that's not very good defensively. They just have been excellent offensively. 3.4 expected goals for 4.7. Um, actual goals for obviously, obviously you get Kreider and um, Zabanajad on the top power play unit. Uh, I did write up Chris Kreider um, in the picks article, free to read uh, for anybody to head on over to stochastic.com and check out uh, the picks article. Um, Kreider, top five uh, projection by the stochastic projections amongst all wingers, and considering he's 6,000 on DraftKings and only 6,600 on FanDuel, like that's a very, very high projection on a 10 game slate for a guy in that price range. Um, you know, there are a lot of wingers that are much more expensive tonight um, than he is obviously like 20. So um, great value on Crowder. So I think there's good value on that entire top Rangers line. Obviously New York is going to come in fairly heavily owned here because one, they are cheap, uh, at least on DK, the top line's under 17 grand. The second line's under 15 grand. Um, both lines have two out of three players on the top power play unit. It's one of the best matchups in the league going up against Montreal, which has been one of the worst defensive teams, especially over the last six weeks um, in the NHL, both at five on five and on the penalty kills. So um, I, I just think the Zibanejad line is, if, if you want to look at in-game matchups, they're going to see a lot of that Suzuki line. And I think that's the toughest defensive line to face. Um, in Montreal. So if you want to dip down to Panarin, Chocek, and Kraftsoff, I think that's fine. Like, you know, maybe there's some worse leverage on them, but 
you know, going up against Slavkovsky and Dvorak or, you know, whatever else is, is there in the depth, like Armia and Dodonov on the third line or whatever. Like, there's not much there that can challenge that Ranger second line. So I think both lines are fine. I think the top line, just looking at projections, presents a better value. Um, but if you need to save some money, I have no problem going down to Rangers too. So I, I think my favorite line in this game is still the Rangers top line, um, just because it is really good value. Like Kreider kind of struggled to score, you know, earlier in the season, um, but he's back. Um, I think he has like, it's something like 10 goals in his last 20 games or something like that. Like he's been scoring close to a 40 goal pace after a slow start. So um, I'm just back in on, on Rangers one. I think they make a nice uh, mid price line here tonight. Yeah, most of the Rangers scoring problems in the beginning of the season was shooting percentage related. Also, Glant like throwing people all over the place in the lineup. But now that he's kind of simmered down on these line changes, and they're actually he's actually giving them a chance to play, and he's seeing results. Imagine that. So yeah, I, I really do like the Rangers tonight. I have to keep an eye on their ownership throughout the day. It's not like a end all be all, but like if they're coming in, you know, 15, 16, 17% on a 10 gamer, you're going to have to find a way to get different. If you want to, you know, get away from the field a little bit here. Let's move on. St. Louis blues with a 2.9 total heading into New Jersey. The devils have a 3.6 total. Jordan Bennington, Mackenzie Blackwood are probable devils played last night. They beat the wings five to one. No skate for the Devils, but after, like, the thing is, like, Lindy Ruff still mixed up the lines in that win. He moved Jesper Bockwist to the top line with Heischer. I moved Tar to the second line with Hughes. And Dawson Mercer went down and played 12 minutes, no power play time at all on the third line. So things... Lindy loves to mix up his stuff, but chances are Heischer and Brat are going to be playing together. Chances are Hughes and Halla are going to be playing together. I think this is another scenario where you can just double center stack Hughes and Heischer with Brat. Um, Blues don't take a ton of penalties, and their penalty kill has improved but it's still not great. This team is a shell of themselves. There's so many injuries. O'Reilly's out, Tarasenko's out. So I think, you know, despite the Devils being on a back-to-back, they didn't travel. They had a fairly easy third period. I think going back to the Devils here makes a good play. Yeah, those line combinations last night. Um, Hischer and Brat had at least two five-on-five shifts with three different wingers, and it was a game they won 5-1. Like, yeah, Lindy Ruff, just miserable for that. Like, I, I know a lot of the goal scoring came later in the game, but even still, like, they mixed up the wingers in the third period when they were up 3-0. It was – anyways, um, just make sure you watch for that at warm-ups. There's sure to be um, some important news once the Devils hit the ice for warm-ups. One thing I did notice is that Hischer and Brat – the numbers are good without Thomas Tatar in the wings. Obviously, we have to see if he's going to be there in warm-ups. Um, Hischer and Brat had a, started the game with Tatar yesterday, and then you know they moved on to Dawson Mercer, and then they moved on to Jesper Bockvist. Um, but without Tatar on the wing, 2.8 expected goals for, 2.5 against in about 80 minutes together. Like It's still good, but that's nowhere near the elite-level play we've seen from the Devils at times this year. 
Um, Thomas Tatar is having a very underratedly great season, um, especially when it comes to um, creating offense in the offensive zone for his teammates. Um, I'm not sure like Jesper Bokvist or even Mercer can do the same things, at least not right now. Um, they're going to be going into that St. Louis top line, though. <laughs> that top line's not very good defensively. They're up to about 75 minutes together, three and a half expected goals against per 60 minutes. Um, neither of the top two lines, none of the St. Louis lines are going to be very good defensively. I mean, let's put it that way. They're all good matchups, but that's what kind of lends me, if I'm going to even strength stack, it would probably be dipping down to the second line with Hughes and Tatar. Um, you know, one, one of the reasons is, um, you know, you, if Hughes and Tatar do skate together, you still get two out of three guys on the top power play unit. Right. Um, that was kind of the problem with Hughes at times. It's like, if he was playing with like Mercer and Hall, it would be Hughes would be the only guy on, on his power play unit. Right. But it, it, if he's with Tatar, he should get two out of three. Um, he's had pretty good numbers with the tire, um, three expected goals for, um, or sorry, 3.1 expected goals for 5.3 actual goals for Hughes has 52 shots in his last 10 games. Like he's been playing truly at another level. Um, I, if I'm even strength stacking, it would probably be Hughes to tire and Halla. They are coming in a little bit higher on than the top line, despite being basically the same price. So, I think I'm with you. I would just do a double center stack and then you can add Brat or you can add Tatar or you can add a defenseman or something like that. It's the centers that you'd want to rely on for New Jersey. St. Louis is kind of interesting here because you know that that top line of Kairou, Buchnevich, and Thomas is going to get a lot of ice time, right? They play, They all played 22 minutes in the last game. Now that went to overtime. So let's say at least 20 minutes um, through regulation. Um, the Blues are carrying a 2.9 implied goal total. Like, um, that's pretty good for being on the road in New Jersey. It is Mackenzie Blackwood and net. He has struggled at times pretty mightily this year. I don't know if I would get to St. Louis in a single entry. Um, it's kind of like, um, that's Seattle top line. I just talked about, I don't know if I'd get there in single entry, but if I was playing, you know, dozens of lineups. It's one of those that would make sure I would have, you know, two or three shares. They're coming in with good leverage for our top stacks tool. Um, Top stacks coming in at 4.7% leverage, only 2.2% ownership. Um, on DraftKings, you know, they have uh, a 6.9% top stack percentage. Like it, percentage. Yeah, it, it's just below the Rangers top line that we just talked about, um, and no one's playing them. So I, I think you have to consider the St. Louis top line here, especially Blackwood has a bad game any line can go off against them. So I don't mind St. Louis one here actually, but it's the Hughes line specifically targeting the New Jersey power play guys here. Um, it's just a really good matchup with all the blues uh, injuries that they have. Yeah. Uh, I like that point about the St. Louis blues top line, just because there's, there's not much ownership on them. They're a line that we played heavily last season. Uh, granted is a little bit different iteration, but they're, they've gotten no ownership this season. This is a – I don't want to say it's a great matchup, but Blackwood's, I think, in the – I think the worst high-danger save percentage in the NHL over the past three or four years. If it's not worst, he's in the top bottom three. So. Yeah. I mean, in our, if you look at our lineup builder, that St. Louis top line has a higher projection than either of the top two New Jersey lines, even strength lines anyway. It's different if you, if you might power play stack, but – 2.9 goals 
um, is not nothing on the road. And with all the minutes that they're going to play plus power play time, um, you know where the goals are probably going to come from if they do score three, if they do score, happen to score three or four. So I don't think you can just, um, you know, dismiss St. Louis right out of hand. Yeah. And I think oh, this might anger some blues fans, but I think Kairou is a better goal scorer than Tarasenko is. So at this point, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, especially with the way Tarasenko's played this half year. Yeah. So yeah, this is the better offense, at least offensively iteration of that line. 2% Mackenzie Blackwood net 2.9 road total, which is large considering the re- the rest of this lineup. So yeah, I, I do really like the blue top line here. Let's move to the people's main event. I know it's Cliffy's main event. Arizona Coyotes with a 2.8 total heading into Philadelphia. The Flyers have a 3.3 total. I can't believe this is a real game. (laughs) (laughs) Malka and Carter Hart is confirmed. Oh, my. It's like that LeBron James meme. I can't believe this is my life. (laughs) Not in the same way that he meant it. Ah, Like, man. I want to play both sides of this game, honestly, but like these lines are just brutal. Like, I think the thing is, like, Konechny's so expensive on DraftKings. And it's just a problem. Like, I guess you compare him with Faraby to bring the cost average down because Faraby at least shoots the puck. You could play like Frost and Van Riemsdyk for the power play, but do you really want to play like Morgan Frost and James Van Riemsdyk? I guess you could power play stack. And then on the Coyote side, like, uh, like that top line without, I guess, I guess Nick Schmaltz is going to be back tonight. So that top line does have some interest for me. I guess you can do some kind of like Keller Schmaltz, uh, Chikrin or something like that. You can leave Boyd off if you want. You can do like Kraus Bukestat. Like this game, like if this game finished like seven, six, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I, I feel like you need, to at least consider both sides. Yeah, I'm with you. And especially with the way Philadelphia does their line matching, what they do is use the Kate's Konechny line in the shutdown role, which means Kate's Konechny and Faraby up against Schmaltz, Keller, and Boyd. Kate's Konechny and Faraby have not been good this year. Uh, 2.1 expected goals for 4.2 against a 33% expected goal share. They're getting just ran over whenever they're on the ice together not like arizona one is a lead or anything like they're below 50 percent expected goal share on their own um but it's more like 47 percent expected goals here not 33 percent um so it's a pretty good five on five matchup for arizona here's the problem one of the problems i have with the arizona top line is that you probably want them in a good power play spot and believe it or not the Flyers have had a really good penalty kill for a while now. Um, if you go back to Thanksgiving, which is, you know, what, six weeks ago now? Um, six weeks ago today, I believe. The only team giving up fewer shots per minute on the penalty kill than the Flyers is Carolina. Uh, like, that's a span of 18 games now. Like, the Flyers penalty kill has been really, really good. That's the one thing that kind of takes me out of Arizona a little bit here or else I would be considering them if it was a little bit of it like if this was Arizona and Montreal or something like that like I'd probably be firing up at least Schmaltz and Keller here 
Um, the, the problem is, is like as good of a five on five matchup as it is for the Coyotes top line. And I think it's a really good one. I think it's a really bad one uh, on the power play. Um, and that's kind of a problem, especially in 2023, where the NHL's offense has been so power play reliant. Um, you know, it's been a couple seasons like that now, but this season especially. So I like I don't hate the idea of going to the Arizona top line. Um, I noticed Clay Keller 12 games. This guy's on a point per game pace on this team. I, I can't wait to see what he does with Connor Bedard in a couple of years. Um, but I, I like, I, that's kind of the reason why I'm out on Arizona. I, if you want to play him, I'm not going to say it's a, it's a bad play or anything like that by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I, I think they're a fine play. I just think there are other spots at roughly the same price that I would go to instead on the flyer side. I wrote up JVR in the picks article. I mean, yeah, you can make fun of uh Tippett frost and JVR. Um, but they have been playing pretty well together. 2.9 expected goals for 2.6 against in over 100 minutes in their sample. They're going to be playing the Arizona depth. They don't get sent out against the top line. Um, the Arizona second second line without Matias Michelli has also been getting ran over like the Flyers. Uh, Kate's that's line has a, been. That's quite a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do think um, – Van Riemsdyk, Tippett, and Frost are in a very good spot. And Arizona's the most penalized team in the NHL with a bad penalty kill. The Flyers don't have a very good power play, but it is one of the few good power play spots for them. Um, so I'll go Van Riemsdyk, Tippett, and Frost because of the two out of three you get power play correlation. Like if you want to take off Tippett and put in Konechny instead, make it a little bit more expensive or put in Hayes instead, make it a little bit more expensive and, and get more power play correlation, I think that's perfectly fine. Um, but it's Tippett, Van Riemsdyk, and Frost that I'm focusing on in this game. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, Konechny, like, 7800 that's crazy expensive. But I think he's, at that price, he's going to go overlooked in GPPs. I, I agree with that, which is why I don't really hate taking Tippett out, putting Konechny in. Like, I'll say I've been looking at some extra data from different websites. Like, the way Konechny's playing this year isn't a mirage. His scoring chance creation at 5-on-5 five five is insane. His um, zone entries leading to scoring chances are amongst the best in the league. Like he's not just riding a hot percentage or something like that. He's legitimately playing like one of the top scoring wingers in the league. It's just that he's playing on a super bad team. So like Keller, nobody's really paying attention. Yeah. I, I think like at first I was like, wow, I don't want to play him at that price. That's crazy. But like the more I think about it, the more I think he's a better play in GPPs because of his price. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's a guy you can just go ahead and, and one-off. Yeah, like, if you yeah. don't want to pay for one of the super expensive one-offs like like Pasternak or Ovechkin or, you know, basically those two guys, you can save yourself, you know, almost $2,000 from Pasternak and just go jam in some Konechny against one of the worst teams in the league anyway. Yeah, I like that idea. As we mentioned off the top of the show, we are sponsored by BetMGM, and we can get you up to a $1,000 risk-free bet. And two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum when you sign up, make a deposit, and make your first paid wager. Pretty easy. Uh, you need a Stochastic account. It's free to make. If you don't have one, you log in. Then you click the uh, BetMGM button. Follow the steps. It includes making a BetMGM account, which is fairly easy. You deposit at least 10 
it is up to you how much you want to deposit, but the minimum for the risk-free bet is 10. The max is 1,000. You make that free bet. I have a bet for you on BetMGM, so if you want to tail that bet risk-free, you can. Alex Ovechkin over well, half a power play point tonight at plus 105 on BetMGM. So go bet that. After your bet settles, you'll receive an email from BetMGM, not Stochastic. It'll be from BetMGM with instructions for redeeming your two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum. If you don't like that bet, go make an Odd Shopper account. That's where I got the bet from. Odd Shopper is great. You can get the tools to find. They have player compare tools, player prop tools. Go make a free account. Go find a prop bet that you like. Bet it. Most important part, as always, you need to click the link in the description. That will take you through step by step. We will get the credit, which helps us give you more free content throughout the season. Let's move on to the next game of the night. We have the Nashville Predators with a 2.4 total. Heading into Carolina, the Hurricanes have a 3.5 total. It appears the rich get richer. Max Pacioretty. I think he's a game time decision tonight. I don't know if they announced him in or out. He practiced with them this morning. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure like he's like in in. Yeah, they haven't really given him like who he's playing with because uh, when Stasny had a when Paul Stasny had a maintenance day, he uh, Patrick slid in with Netches and Svechnikov with Martin Netches as the center. I don't think Martin Netches has ever played center in the NHL. I mean, not not for like months at a time. Maybe yeah. he had a game here or there, yeah. but no. So, I mean, this is a 7 o'clock Eastern start, so we will get warm-ups. Luckily, DraftKings didn't, you know, fix the min price tag. Pacioretty is 6100 So, it, I mean, it's going to help them. This is a good power play spot. It depends where he slots in, but, you know, I would imagine if he does get top power play time, Seth Jarvis is going go to gonna go to power play too. So just be aware of where he slots in, who you're stacking, et cetera. I like Carolina here. They're not getting too much ownership now. We don't have a run with Pacioretty because we don't know where he's going to be. But Nashville's penalty kill is not great. UC Saros has been better of late, but the Nashville penalty kill gives up a ton of shots and these lines, you know, don't really inspire much confidence. Yeah. Um, if I had to guess, I think what would happen is Stasny, Natchez, Sveshnikov stays together. Martinuk goes to the fourth line. Teravainen goes to play with Stahl and Fast. And then Pacioretty plays with Jarvis and Ajo. Because of all the wingers that they have in the top nine that would go to the fourth line, it's it's Martinuk, right? Like maybe Jarvis, if he had been struggling or something, but even he's been playing so well with Aho since Aho came back there a couple weeks ago that Jarvis got moved to the top power play unit. So I can't see him going from effectively, you know, second line top power play to fourth line second power play just because one guy came back. You know what I mean? I think it might be terrifying that gets shoved down to the scoring line or to the checking line. Sorry, but we'll find out when warmups hit. Um, I, and another reason why I think they don't really mess too much especially with the Stasny line. The Stasny line's been just lights out since they got put together. They're up over 140 minutes together, which at, off the top of my head would be about 12 games worth. So it's not a tiny sample. 
4.4 expected goals for per 60 minutes, 3.8 against Svechnikov, 23 shots in his last five games. I even wrote up Svechnikov um, again in that picks article um, over at uh, stochastic.com. He had seen a lull in his shot generation um, just prior to Stasny uh, joining him as his center. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And he's, you know, jumped up considerably three and a half um, shots per game since um, Stasny uh, moved to his line. So he's changed at, you know, changed their uh, outlook at five on five. And what I mentioned in that article is Nashville's just a bad defensive team. Uh, UC Saros and Kevin Lankinen are really papering over a lot of the issues Nashville has. 24th by expected goals against at 5-on-5 this season, and that's worse than Edmonton, Buffalo, and Detroit. Um, 27th by shots against on the penalty kill. They're in the middle of the league by goals against because of Saros and Lankinen. So it's a pretty good matchup for Carolina. Um they're obviously going to be sending out the checking line. I, I assume against Parson and Forsberg. So, <laughs> like, I'll just, I'll just say off the hop, I have no interest in any of the Nashville lines. Um, Parson and Forsberg are going to get a brutal checking line matchup. Duchesne's playing with Mark Jankowski. It's like, here you go, forty goal scorer. You get to play with Mark Jankowski. And then there's, you know, Glass and Niederreiter have been playing reasonably well, but. You know, do I want to go in on glass and need a rider going into Carolina facing, you know, the either the Ajo or the Stasny line? It's like, no. So nothing from Nashville. For me, um, it would be Stasny, Natchez, and Sveshnikov as long as they stay together. Um, we just kind of have to see what warm-ups are like because that Carolina top line has been excellent um, since Stasny got moved there. And as long as they're together, that's the line that I have interest in. Uh, from a DFS perspective, and we're not showing a ton of Carolina ownership right now. Um, even though they do have a three and a half total, like that is a, that's a higher, that's a higher total than the Oilers have at home tonight. Right. Um, it's a pretty big total for Carolina, not a ton of ownership. Stasny, Natchez, Sveshnikov for me. What happens when we get to warmups and if what happens if they run that line that they practice Stasny's off and, um, Pacioretty's on with Natchez and Sveshnikov. I mean, I mean, we just talked about a double center stack uh, from um, from New Jersey, and there's a double center stack later on in the slate. Now, they're both kind of expensive, so I think you'd have to probably double punt defensemen. But um, there are double center stacks elsewhere on the slate that we'll be able to use. Um, I think it would be just fine, and certainly nobody would have a triple wing. Not nobody, but few people, very few people would have a triple wing Nature Sveshnikov patch ready line. Yeah, maybe we have to 
try to build that later in the show, see what options we got. Uh, let's move on to the next one, another power play spot. Washington Capitals with a 3.7 total heading into Columbus. The Blue Jackets have a 2.7 total. Darcy Kemper, Elvis Merzlikens confirmed. Elvis Merzlikens, min price on DraftKings tonight. Maybe for, like, he's down at the bottom with the high danger save percentage up with Blackwood, too. So, like, I don't know. Um, Columbus mixed up their lines. It's going to be Gustav Nyquist, Jack Roslevic, and Patrick Line. Top line of Johnny Gaudreau, Kent Johnson, and Emil Bemstrom. Uh, Capitals running back their lines. It seems this is a good power play. I wish Columbus took a little bit more penalties. They don't take a ton. But I, I don't think it's going to take much for the Capitals to um, capitalize on the power play if they get three or four opportunities tonight. I, I do really like the Caps tonight. Yeah. Um, especially with Ovechkin moving along with Kuznetsov, um, I just, it just seems Dylan Strom just – he's played – like I'll give him credit. He's played well in Washington this year. Just never seen he – really found that scoring touch with Ovechkin despite playing well at five on five. Like I think there's, there, it's one thing to play well at five on five. It's another thing to be able to uh, generate good scoring chances and goals. Um, Kuznetsov has definitely been able to do that with Ovechkin 2.9 expected goals for together this year, 5.5 actual goals for now, obviously the shooting percentage is very high um, over 16%. Um but, uh, you know, if you even if you bring it down to 11 or 12 percent, they're still well over three goals per 60 minutes, which is very good. Um, Kuznetsov has 18 points in his last 16 games. That I think that's gone off pretty quietly. Like he's been very good offensively. Um, TJ Oshie coming back. We've said it before. He makes a big difference uh, for this power. Not coming back. He was back last game, but he's back in the lineup. He makes a big difference for the power play. The problem is, like, it's not really a great power play spot. Like, the Columbus penalty kill has generally been fine all season. Um, I was looking over the last five weeks, like, still middle of the league by goals against. Um, they don't take a ton of penalties. Um, so, I, th I think you're fine. You know, Ovechkin's always a one-off that you can use. Um, you know, if you want to play Kuznetsov and Ovechkin, that's fine as well. TJ Oshie. Projecting very well um, on DraftKings for his price. We have him at um, nearly 8.7 points for a $4,000 price tag. So if you want to throw him in, um, you know, with Ovechkin or with Kuznetsov or with the two of them or whatever, I think that's perfectly fine. The, <laughs> the Columbus second line of Nyquist, Roslovic, and Line is where I'm looking here. And it's why I kind of have a little bit of interest in... Um, a second line of, of Strom and Oshi, um, or, you know, just using Oshi by himself. Nyquist and Roslovic have very bad defensive numbers together. Roslovic and Line have been almost worse. 1.9 expected goals for per 60, 2.7 expected goals against, um, that Columbus second line, whether uh, Nyquist and Rozovic or Rozovic and line A, doesn't matter which duos you look at. They've been getting caved in defensively. So I don't mind going to Washington two here. Um, you know, Stroman Milano or Stroman Oshi, sorry, uh, should both be getting um, some top, some top power play time, put them in with Ovechkin, you know, stack across, he can strength stacks as much as it's not a great power play spot. The power play guys are relatively cheap. 
uh, and it's a 3.7 total. Um, I do like that cap second line a little bit, though. I, I just I don't think I can make a lineup without Ovechkin is the problem. So you could even do like Strom, uh, Oshi, Ovechkin, something like that for sure. I agree there. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I'm going to get to the Blue Jackets in one to three tonight. There's just a lot of – there's just so many spots tonight. I, I'm just I, – I'm, I have no interest in Columbus in this game. Yeah. Um, you know, Godreau, him and Johnson have played fine together, but pretty low event. That second line is perfectly correlated on the power play, but Washington's had a pretty good penalty kill uh, for most of the season. Um they, you know, Washington doesn't take a ton of penalties, only 2.9 per game. That's well below the league average. That's over 10% lower. So I just, I'm not, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. There's just like the prices aren't even that great. You know what I mean? If like, I don't know, line, it was like 5,400, not 7,200 maybe, but like, this is just not the matchup. Let's move on to the next one. New York Islanders with a 2.7 total. Heading into Edmonton, the Oilers have a 3.3 total. Elias Sorokin, Jack Campbell are confirmed. Looks like Klim Kostin up on the top line with Hyman and McDavid. Um, I mean, he's min price. He's min price. <laughs> yeah. So I don't really like stacking against Sorokin, but like, I hate to admit it. I, I've I've watched a whole bunch of Islanders games recently, and holy moly, have they been hemmed into their own zone, giving up a ton of shots. So I, I guess it's twofold. I think I have interest in Sorokin at his price, but man, like here we are again. Low owned McDavid will give you nightmares if you fade him, and he goes off. You know what I mean? So like again, I, this isn't a very good power play spot at all. Like the Islanders have a good penalty kill. The Islanders have one of the best goalies in the league. The Islanders don't take many penalties, but man, like 4% McDavid. That's like, you have to consider that for GPPs. Yeah. And what I brought up in the picks article, we'll talk about Darnell nurse. When we talk about the defenseman, I do like nurse here today. What I talked about was that um, it's not really a great power play spot for Edmonton, but Edmonton is one of the teams that's, um, you know, relatively matchup proof on the power play like there's no penalty kill where i would say like no, there's no chance edmonton succeeds here or very little chance right um the oil you know the islanders don't take a lot of penalties but the oilers do draw a lot of power plays um the islanders do get hemmed in their zone a fair bit you know beauvillier nelson and lee is probably going to be the line this is where we have to remind people that the islanders they didn't have a full team skate today. I don't think the B writers were even there. One of them were saying, um, and they did mix up their lines quite a bit last game. Like I think Lee and Barzal played the third period together. So um, we do, if you are playing the Islanders, just make sure you're watching at warmups in case they do pull something kind of funny. But for now we're expecting Bailey Barzal and Sezikis with the normal um, Brock Nelson line. Um you know, Hyman and McDavid have been able to generate offense basically with whomever has been skating along beside them, whether it's Pugliarby, whether it's Dreisaitl. In fact, I was looking at the numbers, their numbers without Pugliarby or Dreisaitl beside them, 3.9 expected goals for, 4.3 actual goals for, for 60 minutes of 5-on-5. Five five. Islanders, um, you know, that Nelson line has been better defensively over like the last month. 
but going back years, they're pretty bad defensively, below average um, expected goal share. So it's not a bad five-on-five matchup for Edmonton, which is not something that they get very often. It's just not a great power play matchup for them. Um, I do think it's one of those situations where you can one-off Connor McDavid, right? Like, I don't want to one-off McDavid at 17% ownership, where he probably comes in at like 24%. But if he's going to be like 4% projected on maybe coming in at like 6 7% in some single entry contest, then yeah, I, I do think um, he's perfectly acceptable as a one-off. Bring along Zach Hyman um, if you want uh, for that power play exposure. But um, I don't really mind the Edmonton top line here. Nothing on the Edmonton second line for me. Um, the, like Drysaddle just doesn't have anybody to play with. That's It's just that simple. Until Evander Kane comes back, there's just no one to play with him at 5-on-5. Five so you you're really relying on him getting like getting three points on the like at least two points on the power play, um, and maybe you can lock out at even strength to get that three point bonus. So um, Edmonton won for me, particularly Hyman McDavid on the Islanders side. Pretty reasonable ownership on the Islanders that we're showing right now. It is a pretty good power play spot for them as well. Like I know the power power play has been struggling a little bit. Um, but Nelson Lee, um, Beauvillier, if they do play together five and five or on the power play together, um, they do have very good offensive numbers together this year. None of the Edmonton lines are really good defense are good defensively. Um, at least not until maybe some bottom six lines, you know, grind things down, but that's about it. And the Oilers do take a lot of penalties, 3.6 times shorthanded per game. I don't mind the Nelson Lee Beauvillier line here, as long as they're skating together. Um, I guess we'll find out at warmups. Yeah, the, the the problem I have with the Islanders here is one like they've looked so bad in this road trip. Now that's you can't really quantify that into anything. But like two, the price here they're like fifteen six on DraftKings. Like I, I'd rather play like in one to three lineups. I'd rather play the Trocheck Panarin line than them, and that reflects in the ownership. So, like, yeah, I think the Islanders are a pretty decent, like, 20 max to 150. But in one to three, in a 2.7 road total, I, I'd rather, you know, go to the 3.7 total for the Rangers, play the Panera line for a little bit more ownership. And I think that's fine. Like, you can differentiate yourself. If you want to play the Islanders top line, I'll, I, I wouldn't tell you no. But, like, it's not something I personally like to do. Like, I, I just, for whatever it is, Islanders lines just give me headaches. Um, but like at one, two percent projected right now, I think you know, if you want to put them in as a contrarian stack, I think this is a good matchup. Like we like we've talked about bad goalies on this slate. Jack Campbell has been awful this year. Yeah, so, yeah there's your reason. Like combined with low ownership, like it's Jack Campbell. Like he's been bad. I think that was my Islander spiel. I, I feel better. I feel like I had a weight. Felt like you had to get that out. Like you've been holding I, that in for too long. Whoo, woosah, Captain! Remember your pressure point. Um, yeah. So a couple weeks ago, we had an NHL three-day free trial. Now we have an NHL five-day free trial. You, you please click the link in the description below. It'll get you access to every slate this week, um, which is you know. Three day, it's kind of like, oh, there might be a smaller slate in there, but we're for five days, you're gonna get at least three big slates there. You you get all the important stuff, you get everything, you get projections, you get ownership, you get top stacks, you get rankings. 
I think the most invaluable thing is you get the Discord. Uh, the Discord, you get, you know, lineup alerts like the Vasilevsky, Brian Elliott scramble yesterday, which was a mess. Uh, we were on top of that. You get access to a whole bunch of sharp minds. Um, a lot of our subs are insanely good at DFS. Um, like, I'll ask them questions. Cliff will ask them questions. Like, it's, it's just a really good back and forth. Um we do some betting talk. So yeah, man, make sure you click the link in the description. You get a uh, five day risk-free trial, you get everything, a test drive for free, sign up, come in the discord, say I came from YouTube. So we know it's you. And, uh, yeah. We'll see you there. Colorado avalanche 3.3 total heading into Vancouver. The Canucks have a 2.8 total Alexander Yorgiev probable Colin Delia confirmed. Vancouver mixed up their lines, I think, in a positive way uh, for once. It's what, Kuzmenko, Pedersen, and JT Miller, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Pedersen and Kuzmenko could drag me to respectability. <laughs> now they actually get someone who can score. Although, JT Miller, like, honestly, has have a terrible season. But, like, JT Miller there, fully correlated, is probably the best iteration of the Pedersen line we've seen this season. The top line is still Horvat, Besser, and Mikheyev, which is also nice. Top line for the Avs, massive ownership for a 10-game slate for good reason. Canucks are, what's a good app? Disheveled defensively. Yeah, um, that's a good word. Yeah. Colin Delia net, like it's he's their third string at best. So, yeah, like Avs one definitely in play here. It's just an ownership question. Like it's, it's not a – it's up to your personal preference. Like they have a massive projection. They're almost getting projected for 50 points. So yeah, like Avs top line, probably my favorite spot of the night, but that Kuzmenko Patterson, JT Miller line has my attention. Yeah. Um, it is that Pedersen Kuzmenko line that I did write up uh, in the Pixar. Well, I wrote up JT Miller because he does have a very strong projection here tonight two reasons one he's playing with Kuzmenko and Pedersen and yeah whether it's been uh Mikheyev whether it's been Lane Peterson whether it's been you know I think Brock Besser spent some time on that line doesn't matter who it's been they've been very very good offensively um you know Miller and Pedersen haven't been that great together offensively going back to last year I, they have 120 minutes together since Bruce Boudreaux got hired did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage you can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 2.6 expected goals for per 60 minutes, three actual goals for. That's not great. It's fine. It's good, even. It's just not great. 
it's the power play matchup that's really driving me here, right? Um, Colorado about league average by time shorthanded per game. But um, as I wrote uh, in the picks article under the section um, on JT Miller, um, or sorry, under uh, the stacking section um, to stack JT Miller and Pedersen and Kuzmenko, uh, Colorado penalty kills like uh, 22nd um, by shots against around the same by, you know, maybe a little bit worse by goals against over the last six weeks. Not really good on the PK. The Vancouver power play has been very good, whether it's been Kuzmenko, whether it's been Petter, whether it's been Besser. Um, Kuzmenko is expected to be there, so they are perfectly correlated. Um, they're not that expensive either. Um, that Vancouver uh, Pedersen line coming in 16,800 on DraftKings, three to four percent ownership, perfectly correlated at home. Like, I know this team has looked like a train wreck basically the entire season but they still have had some very big offensive games because the power play can do a lot of damage against basically anybody. So I do like the Pedersen Miller uh, Kuzmenko line here uh, coming in with positive leverage by the top stacks tool as well. Obviously Colorado's the, the, the main attraction here. Um, they are coming in with 48.4 projected DK points combined, which is absolutely absurd. That's usually reserved for, you know, Toronto one in a great home matchup. Maybe Edmonton if Hyman and Drysaddle and McDavid are all on the same line together or something like that. Um, and the reason for that is, is Vancouver's penalty kill. Vancouver last in the league um, by penalty kill percentage. I think it's under 68%. Like they're killing, they're only killing like one out of three penalties they take, which is just absolutely unfathomable considering we're in January now. Um the Colorado power play was a lot better with Nathan McKinnon there um this season. You know, hate to be um, Captain Obvious, but um, shots up 25%, goals like tripled. Um, a lot of it, obviously, that shooting percentage related, but, um, you know, um, that McKinnon helps with shooting percentages on the power plays and a surprise to me. So, like Colorado one, I think might be my favorite line on the slate. I just worry that they come in like really, really heavily owned. Um, it is just a great spot for them, though. So, it's Colorado one and the Pedersen line that I like in this one. Yeah, I like Yorgiev has been pretty good. Like he's had some really leaky games this season. If you know Patterson, Kuzmenko, JT Miller coming in four or five percent, I definitely have interest. I think you can consider them in one to three. Let's move on to the next one. Pittsburgh Penguins with a two point nine total heading into Vegas. The Golden Knights have a three point one total. Casey DeSmith is probable. Aiden Hill. Man, we were just we were just rolling with some goalies today. Aiden Hill is confirmed. Jack Eichel back tonight. We'll slot in with Stone and Stevenson. Uh, no. Oh wait, no, sorry. Yeah, they're they're leaving Amadio together, and then they're putting uh, Smith and Roy with Eichel. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't. I kind of just little, had a moment there. I chewed it over with Twix. Um, Brian Russ still on the top line with Crosby and Gensel moves Ricard Raquel down to the second line with Malkin and Zucker. There is no ownership on this game <laughs> at all. Um, Eichel Smith Roy is just a weird line. Like if Pittsburgh's top line is going to come in around 2% and that second line is going to be under 1%. I do have interest there, not because I like stacking teams going into Vegas. It's because Aiden Hill is starting. If this was Logan Thompson, I'd be like, 
ah, if you get some Pittsburgh in your crunches, that's perfectly fine. But like this, this Pittsburgh top line has a projection of almost 38 points, which is very high. And Aiden Hill has not been great this season. So I, I do have some MME interest in the pit top line. Yeah, and that pit top line has played well together this year. Um, they have about 135 minutes together. Um, 3.4 expected goals for, 3.6 actual goals for. Um, they played some pretty heavy minutes in that in that uh, winter classic against Boston. Um, some of the guys at the bottom of the Pittsburgh lineup only played like six, seven minutes in that one. So maybe they play some heavy minutes here. Like Vegas is still missing a lot of guys on the blue line. Like Shea Theodore out, Zach Whitecloud out, Alec Martinez. Um, that's a pretty big hit to that blue line. And goaltenders haven't been playing. Like the reason Aiden Hill seems to be getting a few more starts of ladies because the goaltenders haven't been playing well for Vegas for basically a month now. So I agree with you. Like I think that Pittsburgh top line um, is definitely in play here. Um They'll probably face off uh, against Smith, Stone, and Stevenson. And that Vegas line hasn't has, – they've been really good offensively, but not that great defensively. 2.8 expected goals against per 60 minutes. Now, they were using uh, Carlson and Smith in a shutdown role, um, you know, when they were at home about a week or so ago. But I don't think they send Jack Eichel in that role unless he has Mark Stone beside him. Like, I'm just kind of guessing here. Um, not that it really matters, but the Pittsburgh second line is the weaker defensive line, the Malkin-Raquel line. So um, should also know Jack Eichel being back is going to move Michael Amadio off the top power play unit. So each of the Vegas top two lines have two guys on them on the top power play unit. Um, it, Amadio Stone-Stevenson is the line that I still like. Um, the problem is, is like Stevenson at 5,800, like you really are relying on him on, on, on getting three assists or something like that. Like he has a lot of three, three point games this season. It seems like he just breaks out randomly, but they have been playing very well, reasonably priced Casey to Smith and net, um, you know, Jerry got hurt in that game, um, against Boston. So I, I assume it'll be the Smith, um, th- not a bad matchup going up, um, against either Pittsburgh line, but um, not a bad matchup going up against the Penguins. It is Vegas one that I like on the Pittsburgh side, Pittsburgh top line as well. I think this is a top line game for me. Yep. Let's get to the last game of the night and (sighs) more goalies, more more bad goalies, but Boston Bruins with a 3.3 total heading into Los Angeles. The Kings have a 2.7. Jeremy Swayman in front. Ah, Phoenix Copley, who is like, 48 and one in his last 49 games started for the Kings. It feels like is going for the Kings. This is an excellent, excellent power play spot for the Bruins. Jake DeBrusque is hurt as well, which means David Pasternak moving up to the top line here. That makes that top line very, very expensive on DraftKings. Uh, Pasternak's the most expensive player on DraftKings tonight, 9,600. He's more expensive than McDavid. And then both Marshan and Bergeron are 7,400. So, that top line is doing quick math in my head. 21-4. I think I did that correctly. That's actually not awful. Um, this is, again, very good power play spot. They're not getting a ton of ownership here now just because there's an unbelievable amount of spots here. But well-owned old Boston one going into a matchup that is tasty on the power play has – some late hammer attention here. Yeah. Um, 
And one thing that we do talk about a lot is that going back a few years, the top line for Boston typically does score more with Pasternak there than DeBrusque. I don't think that's a big surprise to anybody um, with how well, with how good Pasternak is. But the other thing is this season, Pasternak is shooting about 50% more at five on five when he's playing with Bergeron than when he's playing with anybody else. So um, not only does, you know, Pasternak get a great five on five, uh, five on four matchup. I think it's not a bad five on five matchup for him now that he's back with Bergeron. Um, it's a t- kind of a tough matchup going up against that Dano Arvidsson shutdown line. It's not as tough as when Trevor Moore is there, but still not a very good one. Phoenix Copley has been playing well. It's just a very prohibitive price for me. Um, that Boston top line coming in um, 25, 24,000 and change, I think. Um, if I do the oh, math. Oh, yeah, I did my math way wrong. Yeah, yeah 96, 74, yeah. 74, 74 14.8 plus yeah. almost 10K. So it's, yeah, yeah 24.4. That's almost half your cap on DraftKings. There aren't there are some good, you know, one-off cheap guys that you can use. It's just a really tough fit. I just don't know if I'd want to pay all the way up for them um, at that price. Like uh, I think I'd honestly, I think I'd rather play Edmonton um, at home to Sorokin and, and do some sort of Edmonton stack with like McDavid, Drysaddle, Hyman, or something like that, than play Boston on the road in this one. But I'll ha- I'll never say that playing that Boston top line with Pasternak there perfectly correlated on the power play is a bad choice. I think they're always in play no matter who they're playing against. It's just a pricing thing for me. Should mention um, morning skate was going on while we while we were on the show. Taylor Hall was moved up to the top power play unit in Jake DeBrusque's spot, and Charlie McAvoy took over for uh, Hampus Lindholm. So McAvoy back on the top power play unit as well. Um, nothing for me from Los Angeles. I. Why can't they start all Mark? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's the one thing that's bugging me here. Um, there's no real sample uh, with the second line um, with Zaka and Krejci um, without Pasternak there. So don't know how they'll play. I'm, I'm, I don't, you know, the sample with Byfield um, on the top line with the Kings is fine. Not great. I think with Los Angeles, it would be, you know, maybe one offing, uh, a pretty cheap Adrian Kempe, especially where Boston really does take a ton of penalties. I think that's fine. I think, you know, one offing Victor Arvidsson, uh, I think is fine. I just don't think I'm stacking anything from Los Angeles. Yeah. It's hard to get full stacks out of the Kings, even against Swayman. Like they need to, I just don't really like their lines. And I definitely don't want to stack a line going into uh, Bergeron, even if, you know, it is Swayman and that, Coming up after us, we have the No House Advantage Thursday night NBA show at 3.30 with Terry and Gundacker. After that, the NBA Deeper Dive at 5 p.m. with Ryan and Adam, so make sure to stick around for that if you're interested in NBA. Also, make sure to smash that like button. There is almost 140 of you in here, so if you haven't hit that like button, please do. It helps us out a lot. Let's talk about some defensemen since we are here. Uh, We haven't mentioned defensemen. One thing I will say is – when we used to go game by game, we'd always be like, oh, yeah, the power play quarterback. I'm not really going to mention some power play quarterbacks here. I want to give you some value defensemen here. Obviously, if a team is in a good spot and you like them, pairing the power play quarterback with them is the obvious play. I have a couple uh, cheap guys that I really like circled. I will kick it to Cliffy after that. I have like a list of like 
15 guys that I really like, but I did circle four that stood out above the rest for me uh, in terms of value. Uh, Nick Haig, 3,100 for Vegas. Uh, Damon Severson, 2,800. He is on the second power play unit as well. Justin Schultz, 3,300 running that top power play unit for Seattle. And my homer take is Kay Andre Miller at 3,200. Anyone else really standing out for you? Uh, yeah, I'll mention, um, Justin Schultz. Um, like I said earlier, um, his power play units, typically the better one, the least penalty kill really hasn't been great. He's going to have absolutely no ownership here tonight. Um, I think if you're playing tournaments, he's a guy that you probably should be including. Um, I do think it's a good spot. I'm going to mention a couple of the expensive defensemen here. Um, Alex Petrangelo has played at least 27 minutes in three in five straight games, averaging over 30 minutes in those games. Um, He's going to play monster minutes against the Penguins here with all the injuries on the blue line. So I like him. Obviously, Kale McCarr as well in that power play spot up against Vancouver. Um, for uh, defenseman on the cheaper side, um, Cam York is kind of interesting to me. He's been arguably the best offensive defenseman for the Flyers. The only problem is he's not on the power play and it's a gr- or the top power play anyway, and it's a great power play spot. Um, I think him or Tony D'Angelo from Philly are both definitely in play. Brett Pesci, his price came down on DraftKings to 3,500. Um, when he's in the mid threes in a three and a half total, um, I always uh, will play Brett Pesci uh, when he's at home. Um, I mentioned Darnell Nurse in the picks article as well. He's really been putting up the peripherals. I think that Matt, that game's more about the five on five matchup than the power play. I don't think the power play is as, as important. So I do like Darnell Nurse. Uh, quite a bit as well. Um, and the last guy I'll mention is Scott Mayfield. Been shooting the puck a little bit for the Islanders. Always loves to block. Probably going to have to block a lot of shots against Edmonton here tonight. Yep. And one thing I will add before we get to goalies, we always get asked, who's your favorite punt defenseman? Like min price. Everyone always wants some min price guys or close to min price. I have two min price guys, Martin Fairvery for the Caps at min price on DraftKings. Sebastian Ajo, the other one for the Islanders, also min price. I also have Alex Carrier circled, uh, 2,600 for Nashville. And Brett Kulak, 2,700 for Edmonton. He's been getting minutes, so don't mind them. This is a uh, quite the slate for goalies here. Uh, anyone you really like? I mean, I did like Stewie Skinner until they announced Jack Campbell, so I'm out on that. I'm really considering – if I'm not playing Carolina, I think you really have to consider UC Saros uh, at 6,900 on DraftKings you know, what I wrote about in the picks articles, there are a lot of games where, you know, even giving up three or four goals against Carolina, you could still put up over 20 DK points because of the shot volume. uh, The hurricanes can generate Um, King Carl. I'll always play. uh, I'll I'll always consider uh, King Carl. I imagine um, there won't be a ton of ownership on him going against the flyers. Um, Don't mind Darcy Kemper here tonight, either for the caps. Um, He's been playing reasonably well uh, most of the season. The Jackets have really struggled to score with their injuries, so don't mind Darcy Kemper, um, especially on FanDuel. I think he's got a pretty reasonable price um, over on FanDuel. Um, Ilya Sorokin, if you really want to gamble, um, anytime he's super cheap, it's kind of like Saros. Anytime he's really cheap, I'll always consider him. To, you know, Edmonton's obviously a pretty tough matchup. He can get lit up, but any you know, seventy two hundred, I think he's definitely playable. Yeah, there. I don't have too much to add. I I will just say, as Cliffy says, if you really want to ride the lightning, Ellis Merzlikens min price tonight. 
if if you have a lineup you really like and you need the space, you just hope he goes positive. Like positive points at min price might be okay there. It's just quite a scene. <sighs> Who are you liking uh, for your hat trick pick? I mean, this could get kind of messed up with uh, the way they run their lines. We'll see at warmups, but I'm taking Andre Svechnikov. I have a feeling you're going with a cane here. I got to go spicy like I always do. Do I, though? I'm going Jordan Cairo. Oh, that would be spicy. That's like he's a top liner, but this is a spicy. That's a spicy pick for this slate. Yeah, it is, Um, especially where there won't be much ownership on St. Louis going to New Jersey. I like it. Yeah. We will be. Are we back tomorrow? <laughs> I died. I think yeah, no, we'll be back on Saturday. We'll make sure to use the lineup builder more. Uh, we'll bring that up. We've had some issues screen sharing. I think we've gotten those ironed out. So we will definitely uh, be using those more often going forward. So for some Cliffy, I am Josh. Smash that like. Take advantage of those signups. We'll see you in Discord. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, everyone. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.